0: Following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on bicbp-radio.com. Brian, my friend, I'm so glad to get to be part of the show
1: today. You know that you accidentally stole the perfect podcast for me? I did. I'm, I'm totally jealous over here. <laughs> Listing I, things is one of my favorite things to do. It's a fun thing, right? It's a totally fun thing. I I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, I do. Now I was just like, because I, I talked about
0: it on the first episode when I did it, how I just needed something new to do, and yeah. So I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I'm just glad it exists at this
0: point, right? So someone's got to list stuff. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Nobody. I don't think there are list podcasts out there, yeah. but I don't know. I figured it'd be one of those like weird ideas that are so simple, but they catch on.
1: Yeah. My my family kind of knows me as like the weird quirk. Uh, you know, topics that I like to talk about. So a couple weeks ago, we were um, over at my parents' house, and I remember asking all of them, like, what's your favorite cheeses? List list your favorite cheeses. (laughs) Uh, How many people do you know are going to start off a a discussion by going, hey, what do you got for cheeses? (laughs) Top five, let's go. (laughs) Do you want mine real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Why not? Okay. So I might actually. I was so plain for years, man, on cheeses? Yeah. So plain. American cheese, cheddar cheese, blah, 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 right? Simple stuff. There's so many good ones out there.
0: There's, my, my wife is a cheese fanatic, and oh she boy. changed my world. Havarti?
1: Crazy. Love it. Munster? You like Brie? See,
0: do like you know those pre-stuffed
1: center. frozen chicken breasts you can buy? They're yeah. like breaded? You ever had the apple and Brie one they got? No. Try it. Is it good? Okay. Well, it's not good like the other ones are good. <laughs> But it definitely changes it up. Cheeses, that's the thing about cheeses. They, they change up everything. You, you change out provolone cheese on your sub for a pepper jack. Right. Spices it up. A little bit.
0: A little yeah. kick, yeah. Yeah. I might use it. I know we're recording this a few weeks earlier than it's going to come out. Right. But at time of recording, I'm, I think I might do that one for our, five, our top five. Just <laughs> for you. Just for your namesake. Uh, well, listeners, welcome. To another episode of Eat Sleep List, we're still going, we're still live and kicking, and today I'm really excited to have a. Uh, I just met him practically like a month ago, and we're like we're like this. Yep, we're tight, mm. we're real tight. Uh, he's a part of the my one of my other podcasts, the Two Point Conversation, and he's actually in the process of starting not one, but well, actually just his first, epi- first one, episode for one of the shows is already out. He's in the process of getting ready for the second one. Uh so you got yeah, you got some stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, the processing the
1: process, which is a college football podcast with uh, his good friend Ryan Holt Bailey. Gotta get the middle name in. Is that a, is that important? his friends from? He's I don't know if he's from Medina. They only know him as Holt. Oh really? So every time I say his name, I always say. It. You know what it is? He's kind of like um the people that like assassins. You always say the the three names. So Ryan maybe secretly is taking someone out. We don't even know. He could be. Yeah. It could be. I get nervous. I'm like, should I say the Holt part? Oh, or yeah. every time. Um, <laughs> it flows well. It does. It does.
0: And as well, uh by the time this episode drops, the first episode of this other show should be out. Uh crafting and drafting. Crafting and drafting. Which is a really cool concept. Uh kind of it's laid back and fun, just just in the the same idea as this, yep. which which uh I love. I can't speak enough of how it's important it is to have a show that you can kind of relax and just vibe to. Yeah. You know, football talk, it's intense.
1: I'm kind of hoping it springboards getting different people from the network on. That's really what I'm looking forward to. Oh, yeah. Getting to know each other, giving each other the extra platform to kind of maybe feature something that they already talk about. Right. So bring on somebody from the panel discussion. You know what I mean? Talk about comic book characters, yeah, so anything like that, or even even stuff that they don't usually talk about. Get them out of the box a little bit. What's the um, video
0: game one? We got a couple. There's uh, Retro Blist. Yep, those guys are down in North Carolina, That's right. and then Scott, Johnny, right? Johnny, Johnny and Trevor. Trevor, and then we have uh, Greg and his brother Mark, who do. Oh, excuse me. Uh, James Sega and Marky Shades. Marky <laughs> Shades, who do Squad Wipe. I, gotta, I, I can't say their government names. Okay. They get mad. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know this. Uh, they do Squad Wipe Gaming, which is more of the online uh, competitive type stuff. But they do talk They do talk news and, and all that stuff. So. so we have a really good community here, though. I love our network. We're, I think we're about to be over 30 shows. Wow. So it's come a long way. I wasn't here for the beginning, but it's come a long way. But I'm glad you're a part of the journey. You're already just... Turn ideas, and I love to see it you, we match like intellectually mm-hmm. when it comes to this sort of thing, so I appreciate it um, but all right, as we do with all of our first time guests the moment you've sort of been waiting for uh, five things Brian, five things that uh, maybe cool fact, cool facts something interesting about you just something you would want somebody to know if they asked you like if, if you're meeting somebody new for the first time sure five things uh,
1: first and foremost. Uh, I'm married, going on almost 10 years, 10 years in October, my beautiful wife. I have two gorgeous daughters, Laura, who will be six in a couple of weeks here, and Anna, who's almost two at the end of September, but she actually, she's five already. So, That's good. Yeah.
0: Them terrible twos, it's good to escape them alive. I, I think so. it's
1: more than just a, a year. Th- two. Yeah? Yeah. she's one of the threes. Oh, it's yeah. going to be for the rest of my life, I'm guessing. It's <laughs> all right. I love the challenge. <laughs> Hashtag Girl Dad. That's right. I love it. Um, second thing, I love sports. I really do. It, it's been part of my life as long as I can remember. Right. Playing it, watching it, and it's not just organize, organized sports. All sports. Right. You know, so... You know, I football from the age of five to sixteen. You know, I really tried to play as long as I could. I only grew to be five foot nine. So not a whole lot you can do with (laughs) sports when you're only five foot nine and you're as slow as I am. But it's okay because I found other avenues to kind of reach out to get that love out. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So that's the other thing I'd have to say. I'm a big Bills fan, Uh, University of Michigan. You hear me talk about that constantly on processing the process. I'm going really to good fight
0: song. It's got a good fight. I I might go there. <laughs> it's expensive. I know, but it, it just it just that, that that university pride.
1: It's crazy when you're there.
0: I could imagine. Yeah. I would like to go see a game there sometime.
1: It it's it's overwhelming, but at the same time it's not. I think almost there's, there's other I know for sure there's other stadiums that Way more rocking than Michigan,
0: right? I, see, I'm not the biggest college football fan, but mm. for some reason, I've always gravitated towards Michigan. Just not just, the same way I do with the Pace Indiana Pacers, because I'm a Colts fan. Mm. Um, because I went to Niagara Falls, our our mascot name Wolverines, well, and good. the same colors. It just kind of goes hand in hand. So. They
1: didn't use the winged helmet, though. No, 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 no. no. Um, who does though? Um, Cheektowaga, uh High School. The, they're in Chiegoaga, Maryvale. No, the other one. Oh boy. Yep, I I lived on off of Harlem. Okay, and that's the school. And I totally blanking on everyone else. Cel so Capaccio graduated <laughs> from uh, Clifton Hill. Oh, okay. Yeah. They use the winged. Okay. Yep. Um. Yeah, I love it. I I dove right into just being a diehard fan. It. My wife gets in this with me that I set aside Saturdays to watch as much as I can. But now that I have much more of a family thing going on that I really only pick out two games yeah. and one of them's always Michigan every time. So like the second game, I have to be really picky. Like which one am I going <laughs> to, am I going to watch Alabama, Tennessee at four thirty, or am I going to wait until eight o'clock and watch whatever, but she's never got it fully. You right, know what I mean? Right, right. I mean? Most people don't that it's their equal bills and Wolverines, even though bills are the hometown team. I don't know. It's hard to think of when I wasn't a Wolverine fan and wasn't diehard about it. Right, right, It right. crushes me every time we lose to Ohio State, which is almost all the time. 11 out of 12 years, I think. Unfortunately, it's yeah. It's insane. Yeah, uh, you every,
0: everything. Oh, this is going to be Michigan's year, and then they don't. And it's like, damn.
1: Can't get over it. <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> um, the other thing I would say, number three definitely is um, I play guitar. I was in a band. Oh, okay. I've recorded an album. Have you? I have. Well, what was your band's name? It was called Mortifei. It's, it's Latin for uh, sudden or violent death. Yeah? You like the sound of that? It's very intense. Very intense. I'm digging it. So, yeah. I'm into it. I heard you, uh, somebody picked up a guitar
0: recently. Yeah. Yeah, it might be over there. let second. I'm, I'm trying. Uh, I figure there's no better time than now to kind of learn something. I'm kind of at that age. I was telling. Oh, who was I telling? It might have been – I? I was talking to somebody yesterday, but I'm like at that point – it was Ryan. It was Ryan I was talking yep. to yesterday. And I was at the uh, – I'm at this point in my life where uh, I just want to try things. I don't necessarily have to be good or great at it, but I want to – I don't want my life to be super linear. You yep. know what I mean? Just doing what I know. Like I know people who just get caught up in the, in the the all work, no play kind of lifestyle, mm. and I don't want that to be me. You know, so I'm trying to do different things. I've done like really gotten art like the last five, six years, various arts. Between I consider podcasting and art, photography. Yep. Uh, you know, and 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 now I'm gonna I'm gonna try and learn a guitar and and just whatever I can and learn I can learn just yeah. to say I was able to do it. So um, I, I'm really um, excited for it.
1: it. It's a it's a fun thing to um just goof around on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'd, Chris, uh, our network manager. We've mm-hmm. talked a bunch. He's he messaged me today. He was like, "Hey, so like, what's your goal and goals? What songs you want to play?" And he gave me. A, I gave him like a list, of, like five songs I want to play. And he goes, "I know all those. I'll teach you." Yeah, it, the, the way he learned was he learned the chords, mm-hmm. and it took him about like a month or so to learn certain chords for certain songs, and that's how we learned how to play the guitar. Yeah, so uh, I'm looking forward to actually learning. Yeah,
1: I was, was kind of self-taught, but I start on tablatures i don't know if anyone said anything like that to you yet no so tablatures are just a a way of dumbing down an individual song so that you can just focus on single frets and single strings and kind of pairing that up okay but i think chris's idea is a way better way to do it. it is just learn the basic chords and then progress from there. Yeah. It's a, he and said ultimately.
0: That's how he said his dad
1: taught him. it's yeah, pretty cool. Just don't get frustrated. Yeah. Just have one. Just take it. Yeah. Just take it one day at a time. Yeah. One day at a time. Because I would never say that I'm a good guitar player. If, the only thing I ever really did was I played in a band and I wrote songs, but I couldn't tell you what I was playing. Right. Not off the top <laughs> of my head. I'd have to actually like map it out. Like, um. Uh, <laughs> but or, it was fun
0: for you. Yeah. Which is the most important thing. I was, it was so. my
1: life from, from probably age of 16 to like, I don't know. When did we stop playing? Maybe when like I was twenty four. Okay, twenty three. So, so a while. Yeah, my yeah. dad
0: used to play it. He had an electric guitar. Growing up, music. Uh, my grandfather actually used to play in a band. Uh, loves his country. He's recorded a few like, you know, his own albums and stuff. And it's awesome. Uh, played at a lot of bars. He's big in the bar, like the, the local bar scene. He, he loved this country music. Loved his music. So I was like, uh, I might as well, you know, mm. just
1: have my hand in everything
0: else. Why not? Why not? Why not learn how to play an instrument? That's right.
1: Uh, I love nerd culture, so when I stepped foot in this room and I saw all the comic book stuff, I'm like, this was meant to be yes, it was yeah,
0: <laughs> I'll never forget, yeah, seeing you come in here for the first time, and I was just I was enamored it makes me happy to see when new people come in here and what we've have built in this studio uh and just really it makes me feel like okay we're we're onto something. We're on onto something. So, if someone like you comes in who I've never like never met before, and you, you nerd gasm when yeah. you see the place, like that's a that's a that, that means a lot to me. It's a big deal to me. So, yeah. I'm glad
1: it is meant to be. And I think I grew up in like the perfect time where like nerd culture like blew up. Yeah, comic books and comic book themed cartoons and movies. Or early '90s, like I was crushing and just I, they were popping up all over the place. So, oh, for sure, yeah. Sure, I'm sure if I grew up in a different time, maybe it wouldn't be as much because it was so much part of the culture of the time. It was mainstream, uh, yeah, like now it's mainstream. The the era where
0: we kind of grew up in because you're you're an 80s kid. Well, I was, kind of, I was born in 84, 84, so really
1: when I say like I'm a 90s kid you because I don't it, remember right the 90s. I got you, I got you. Yeah. No, uh, you don't remember the 80s, right?
0: Gotcha, uh. No, I can feel that, but yeah, it was more mainstream. Yeah, the cartoons, the toys. Uh, you're starting to see more movies around the '90s and stuff too. It really has broken into the mainstream, and and you're not like even now. Like I know a ton of people who don't know the source material, don't know the comics, and they go to these movies and they enjoy themselves, which is mm-hmm. really cool. So yeah. I feel a little edgy, like uh, oh yeah, I like this stuff before it got popular, right. in, a, in a sort of sense. But right. um, but yeah, it's uh, I love I love. I love nerd culture.
1: People never understand when Tim Burton's Batman came out and what it did. changed like, everything. Everything. I was that came out 89. 89. So I was like the perfect age where the where the obsession of toys and the introduction of comic books and then a movie on top of it and not just any movie, like one of the most iconic, you know, cultural comic book movies that there is. It was a huge turning point, because
0: before that, you had the Christopher Reeves Superman, and they were good. They were corny. A little corny. Yeah. It's it's hard to make a good Superman movie. I agree. Batman, this changed everything. This is a more serious take on it, versus the Adam West Batman of the 60s, (laughs) which is very over the top, but it fit its time period.
1: Absolutely. And we... I think everyone that is a Batman fan, no one talks junk about it. No, because it it very much fit. It, it was a great ad- adaptation of what the comic book kind of showed.
0: One hundred percent. Yeah, I mean it's 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 compared to today's type of Batman or superhero movies, it's it's a little, it's it's not like it, but it's still a. It's like you know, you and I are both Star Wars guys. A New yeah. Hope. It's action wise, it's nothing. It's It pales in comparison to a lot of the newer movies, but it's still a classic in its own right.
1: That's right. Yep. And then the last thing, which is maybe why I'm here, is I've always loved history. It was my best subject in school, and it's the one I always look forward to, and it's the one that was the easiest, and it's the one that I actually sought out outside of school. Right. I wanted to – I've been to Gettysburg four times. Have you? Oh, yeah. I went for the first time last uh, September. I love it. Yep. I've been there four times. I've gone there – Four times. I've been to Fort Niagara like three I mean, or four times. Usually live there. When there's when it's covid free, I usually live there. Right. Yeah. Do um I don't do they still do the Halloween fest? They, they used to did do did it two years ago. Two or that? three years
0: ago we went. Me and the wife did and oh, we man. had so much fun.
1: It's I love that place. It's it still has that vibe.
0: That old school vibe, yep. the architecture, everything—the yep. smell—it just smells like the seventy. 17- Does that make sense? Like it smells like exactly how I imagine the seventeen hundreds would smell. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and but yeah, and that's like a fixation. on One of my favorite periods in time too. It's it's you really don't. It's it's cool to have that because you don't realize how much important American history happened right where we are. for those who don't know, if you list, if you live in the outside. Uh, you know, you don't know me and myself or Brian on a personal level. We, we live in Western New York. All right, I live in Niagara Falls. You live in Alden. Alden. So, so I mean, this is we're, we're this is all Western New York. So, there's actually a lot of rich history here um, that you know it goes back so so long ago, mm. so so long ago. Mm. And it's it it's it's really cool to see some of the names that it, people have passed by here. Yeah, you know, George Washington's been here. Some you know, just huge. I think. Maybe Cornwallis. I feel like Cornwallis has like been Old Fort Niagara back when the Brit- British owned it too.
1: Well, definitely during the French and Indian War. Yeah, yeah.
0: So there's been a uh, lot of like cool historical figures that have passed by here, and I always love stopping if I drive driving like yeah. on an open road. You see one of those blue historical site signs or whatever. I always love to read it and see who who or what was a
1: part of. Do you, you think know. eventually we're going to have to change uh, saying French and Indian War? I hope not. It's not very PC. No, I know, but it it flows better than. French and Native American more. Yeah, cancel culture is weird,
0: (laughs) and it's definitely a discussion for another episode. Um, So, all right. So, yeah, so today we are going to do our top 10 favorite historical time periods. I've been chomping at the bit to do this one uh, for quite some time now. So before we get into it, let's turn on our royalty-free, copyright-free radio. There we go. And let's begin our pseudo road trip. Brian, my friend, start us off with your number 10 favorite historical time period.
1: We're going to start a little closer to home right now. Okay. And I love the 60s. 60s? I love the 60s. Everything about it, the the love hippie culture, the music that came out of it. It was
0: a very interesting era. Very
1: the, the cars. Like, there's so many things that, like, yeah. when I think about, like, you take a time machine, if you could take a time machine and go back to any era, the first place I want to hit, if I'm allowed to go to multiple, is before I go anywhere else, let me hit the 60s real quick. Let me go see what Woodstock was like. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can agree with that. I don't want to live there. No. (laughs) (laughs) But but I'll visit for a little bit. It was a little
0: sketchy. Sure. A little sketchy, but... You could actually see like the birth of our the way we live now yeah. take place in the '60s. Uh, t-shirts, jeans, like that wasn't normal adult male style right. back in the day. You know, prior to that '50s maybe was like a bit. '50s was I, when I think of '50s and, and before I fi- think of like button-up shirts, mm. pants. Hello, honey, how are you? Yeah. You know that sort of thing. Uh, it just it, and now you get like this. This rebellious attitude amongst you got know, amongst teenagers young adults and mm-hmm. t-shirts video games the movies Yep. everything's starting to change music is changing vastly yeah uh, and very quickly too yep so that's a very interesting time period um yeah the 60s my i can't say that my mom would kill me uh <laughs> uh my mom has siblings that grew up in the 60s uh you know uh so they, you know, here for my grandparents is a very uh, very different time period. Yeah, that, very, I mean,
1: that's smack dab in the middle of my parents' childhood. Okay. Because my parents were born in 52. Okay. So.
0: All right. Yeah, my mom, uh, well, screw it, the cat's out of the back. Mom born in 63 and my dad was in 1969. So. Uh, but my grandparents lived through it. My, my grandfather fought in Korea. Mm-hmm. So he kind of got to see, I think he did Vietnam. He went to Vietnam as well.
1: Uh, so he's kind of seen his fair share of, you know, he, he knows what the 60s were like. Everything was very intense. You know what I mean? The, the, the music movement, very intense, very fast. Everything's happening very quickly. You go from the Beatles, where they started, the whole lovey W thing, and then think about where they ended, you know, yeah. about the revolution. I mean, the, the wars where we started, the Vietnam War, got very intense. And, like, you had people actually standing up and, and, and doing their own peaceful protest. Of trying to end it And I don't know A lot of A lot of interesting acts Cause yeah If you think about 10 years prior
0: To like the 40s 50s Country music Predominantly Was That was the That was the main Music Like I, I seen this really cool Graph chart Video thing on Facebook And it was saying Which genre of music Was the most popular Right From like the 30s Or the 50s Or 40s to the 50s All country music Then the 50s And 60s Everything started To switch around It right. happened So quickly Yep People were You know uh, People were like Oh we don't understand. <laughs> We're confused. I don't like this. Damn hippies. <laughs> Damn hippies. That's a good one. I like this. I like that decade. That's a solid first pick. Uh, my number ten. It actually spans. It's a long time. It spans a long time. It spans over four hundred years, actually. All right. Uh, I learning about. History in high, middle school, high school. Uh, this one phrase always stuck with me, and it was actually a phrase that it used to refer to quite often. Uh, the sun never set on the British Empire, right. and it's kind of crazy that Britain, England, United Kingdom, whatever you, variation you want to call it, this tiny little, <laughs> this tiny little island that's about the size of maybe Michigan. May, it might be generous.
1: Well, it right. I hate. We were misled for so long. Yeah, I saw this really cool YouTube video the other day, where this lady pulled out a map. I don't remember what decade it was produced, but she was like, "All right, you look at the map, and here's North America and America, Canada, and and here's Africa, and look how much bigger it is." It's not true. Africa's massive, it's man. Huge. Yes. massive. But the 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 Christian. Um, Catholics were a lot of the educated back in the day. So they were the ones that were kind of leading the push on map creation and developing education. Earth is the center of the
0: the universe and that kind of mentality.
1: We we are the leading front. So all the white European God-fearing people were the ones that were creating all the education and the materials. So they got to do it. And then she pulled out another map and she goes this is what it actually looks like. (laughs) So I would be curious to see what England's compared to in the U.S., but yes, very small, but comparatively, comparatively. yes, comparatively to other most other
0: countries. Um, and it's kind of amazing that they had, they just had, they were everywhere, everywhere. Uh, I, <laughs> we were covering the American Revolution at one point. And there was a, there was a something about, I think it was like a like a, like a political cartoon. It was, uh, it was like an octopus or something. It was just to represent England, and it was you know showing all all the colonies that it had all over the place. Uh, their major colonization period, there was, you know, brief colonization before this, but 1583 to 1997 is technically the area that I really like. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, crazy. How, yeah, the Sun Legit, I think, uh, what was the, the statistic? I think they had... Uh, I want to say like twenty three percent of the, the world or something like that. They had a they had a colony or you know mm. they were they were based out of. I can't find the stats specifically, but uh, but yeah, they were all over. You think of India, Africa, Australia, uh, Chi- like China, a lot of parts of Asia, and so right. they, Canada. They were just all over the place, right? And they were a major world power, and then they kind of and after World War II, they just kind of. Right. It kind of fell off. A lot of revolutions and, and this and that, but uh, I always found it amazing that this this island controlled a good chunk of the world.
1: I think that's why. Because they almost had to. Because you <laughs> are an island. So much of your resources is going into boats and, and, and developing a navy and stuff. So one of the best they, navies in the world they for moved, a long time. They mastered it. Yeah. Yeah. And so you had such a strong resource. Area developing your naval com- commanders and whatnot and passing on knowledge for hundreds of years. And yeah, I can see how that you quickly, you know, Spain the same way. Yeah. Not an island, but I remember those two. Spain did it. Yeah, they butted heads a little bit. But yeah. they did. Spain had a pretty powerful navy
0: as well. What I never got were the Dutch.
1: How how did they get so much power? <laughs> they, were, they were everywhere. Not as big as. They the were thing. for a little while. Yeah. Quick little bit. They had. Uh, they had a big chunk of... Who knew those wooden shoes could kick so hard? The Deutsch. Uh, the Deutsch. Uh,
0: I have some Deutsch genealogy in me, too. Nice. Um, I,
1: I, I'm almost 100% German.
0: Are you? I really am. Okay. Almost 100%. Okay. Very good. Very good. So, yeah, number my number 10 is uh, the British Empire. I love uh, it. You know, you see a, a, just a huge change. Uh, I mean, look through all the different monarchs and, yep. and, and just how... Uh, it's just really cool, and there's so much to it, just so much to it, I just, and it is, I mean, it is true, the sun really never set on the British Empire, I think it's one of the coolest things, probably the largest empire in the history of the world, I mean, in world history, very well could have been, Right. Um, if you think about square mileage and, and all that fun stuff, yep. uh, but
1: yeah, only a few would have rivaled, I can agree with that, yeah. I can agree with that, yep.
0: very few, uh, but yeah, that is number 10, Brian, on to our number 9.
1: Uh, Greek and, and really um, what I remember from history class was I love talking about the mythology of, of Greece yes. and the development of that their empire wasn't outstanding but what they were able to do being such a tiny little island and the influence they had in their region was so amazing right. you know, dealing with um, the Persian Empire dealing with mesopotamia and and all those areas around there and they had so many different tribes within their own areas, yes yeah. and the way that they all worked together was kind of so right. ahead the, of their they time. did the city state thing right? right that
0: was their that was their their go-to yep yeah uh you never see that i mean in a in a in a sense i mean like the u.s is say like states and and whatnot, but there was more spread out, sporadic, right. not unified, not like truly unified. No, um, but by a governing overall governing. But pond. when
1: something major is about to happen, they all come. Together. They came together yeah. because they're they're Greek, right? At the end of the day, yeah. That beautiful artwork, you know what I mean the the I think like philosophers from that time. Oh yeah. yeah, very influential. And what I keep harping on, just like you said with Britain. It's such a small island. had such a crazy influence on what happened in in human history and where we are today.
0: Huge. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I know there's some, like, uh, I know the United States, they took a lot of architecture influence from Mm -hmm. the Greeks and Mm -hmm. and even the Romans in some case. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of uh, the the, the ways of government, too, like a lot of their beliefs in government uh, just influenced. I mean, like I said, even to this day. It's uh, it's pretty miraculous. They were like, uh, I'm not gonna say they were the, one of the first like major civilizations, but they were pretty close to it. Um, pretty close in like the modern world sense, I, I guess. Because you think of some other big civilizations? And I'm not gonna say they weren't like modernized, but um, their day to day just functionality, the civilians, just it was the Greeks. I feel like is more. Uh, Or we can see that a little bit more today. Like social, just the socialness and and just a a variety of different things. Uh, Entertainment and and, and so much more. I feel like a lot of that is carried over to United States uh, culture. Socrates. Socrates. Um, (laughs) uh, All right. Very good. My number nine. Now, this this is a fun one to kind of dig into. Uh, For the longest time. Japan was this place that nobody messed with. Pretty uh, standoffish, pretty standoffish, and then outside influence kind of came in, and all of a sudden, Japan's becomes an empire. Imperial Japan is my number nine historical time period, uh, 1868 to 1947. It started with the uh, the Meiji, I think it's Miji or Meiji uh, Restoration. And they pretty much just, they just became really aggressive, ha- like industrialized quickly. Because uh, like before that, you just, it is very laid back. Very, very, you know. Zen. Zen. Yes, exactly. And all of a sudden, yeah, they're they're just this major world power. They just kind of came out of nowhere. And there's pick and fights with Russia and all these different places. Yeah. Uh, there were in quite a few, quite a few wars, uh, in their time. You know, it, in kind of growing and trying to expand a little bit. But it was just crazy how o- almost overnight you go from peaceful to super aggressive for a good, I mean, Jesus, eighty years. Right. You know, everything from like Pearl Harbor, the involvement. Just there's so much, so much that came about uh, this very aggressive time period in Japanese culture. Uh, it was kind of pushing away the older style, you know, the the shoguns and the, and the samurai. The, there was a bit of an internal internal like struggle with that. Like the samurai was like like,
1: like it was almost like a faction. Right, it um was the last of like the class society. Yes, yes. And this feudal.
0: Yes, exactly. And then this phased it all right out. Right. And and yeah, it, it modernized and now Japan. Uh, probably one of, the, I would say more, one of the more technologically advanced places oh, yeah. in the in the entire world. I would love to go see Japan someday.
1: Uh, it's beautiful, is it? Yeah, I've never been. Oh,
0: <laughs> I, I've seen pictures, I've seen videos. It's yeah. a huge like pop nerd culture. Yeah, uh, you know, huge huge influence on all that. But uh, but yeah, for the longest time, isolation isolation isolationism, and then,
1: Bing Bang Boom. I, um, my favorite story that comes out of that period is I don't remember exactly. So, China and Japan kind of traded off yeah. fighting each other, right? And do you remember the I bet you do, as I start telling it. <laughs> China was sending a huge fleet of ships to come invade Japan. Yes. And one of the largest, it's either tsunami or typhoon, I don't remember which, like wiped them out. And just completely doesn't. And it was like this. This like God came in and intervened, <laughs> intervened. <laughs> and said, "Like, listen, this can't happen because in you know we're, we're, we need anime, guys. You, you can't, if you come in now, we may never have anime. We may not have Dragon Ball Z. That's right. We need this, so we can't do that. <laughs> we won't have K-pop music.
0: Pokemon will never happen. No Pokemon. I can't. I can't live like that." Um... <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I re- no Karate Kid, no Karate, no, probably not, probably not, at least not the second one when they go to Japan. <laughs> Third TMNT when they go back in time to, well, maybe oh my that might work. god, uh, that was amazing. <laughs> they that might work, but uh, but yeah, it was. I, I just, I appreciate the, the the just sudden, it just un unexpected. Yeah, you know, they become this very. Uh, aggressive country, and that was kind of like, I don't know, that was the cool thing to do back then, I guess, be this super aggressive country, trying to gra- you know, grab some empires, especially this is kind of towards the end of the Age of Empire. Right. You know, too, so they're like making this last second push to get like a bunch of resources, and then they lose World War Two, and they kind of get set on the path that they are today.
1: Do you know Dane Carlton's Hardcore History podcast? I've heard of it. Okay. He's did what was it called but it was basically it was about the rise of japan okay and then going into world war 2 and to hear him talk about what you're talking about which is the way they were able to ramp up and everyone's behind it and this is our moment and we're going to be the next great nation and to think of, once again, a little tiny island, and to have all these people all believing that they're serving a higher purpose, which was their emperor, they thought he was a god. So when we bombed the crap out of them, uh, he actually had to come out and say, like, a little deflating. Yeah, yeah, we like I'm not a god. Right. He, he yeah. had to admit it, yeah. which is, like, such um, a culture shock to them, because that's a lot of what they were built around.
0: Was that mythological, yeah. hey, like... Almost like a, uh, like a, a god king. I know the, I know some like Xerxes. French. Yes, yes, yeah. stuff like that. So it was a little, little shocking, a little bit of a, little bit of a punch in the nads. But you know, said Japan's a pretty swell place. they are friends now. Yeah, good so, friends. Good, good friends. friends. Crazy how quick everything changed. Now you know, time heals all things. I That's guess. Right. Uh, just about. So all right, very good. That is my
1: number nine. Moving on to number eight. Number eight. I'm gonna just say dinosaurs. But specifically, <laughs> because we're covering millions of years there, let's just talk about the Triassic. Okay. Uh, Jurassic Park was huge when we were kids, right? It was. So that got us into dinosaurs. I remember picking up library books on just dinosaurs and reading about what was life like back then. Loved it. Yeah. I, I, I same, it, same. I the, had all the toys. Yeah. I just, I love dinosaur culture. The earth was a completely different place. The oxygen levels were through the roof. Everything is growing bigger, faster, stronger, you know. And just to think about <laughs> such a tiny little person, a human, compared to what was actually dominating at the time, this is insane to think about. And as a child, which, you know, 90s was, like you said, big dinosaur culture time, it was just, like, mind-blowing to even think about. It was. And you always wondered, too, like, oh, man. Didn't, you know cuz there's some people
0: that think that m- there might have been some form of of human that might have been around around that time but i just can't picture it no i think i've i've read some stuff where they believe that like an early an early form of, of homo sapien maybe definitely not neanderthal but like before like early early was around might have been around during the di- dinosaur times uh, I'm not too sure how accurate that is. It might not be, but, uh, yeah, very, very different. Yeah. And it's cool to see all the different portrayals, different pieces of artwork. And it kind of depict that era. Uh, it's just, it's weird to think that like, you know, we, we grew up scared of monsters, right? Yeah. And legit the world was full of monsters back yeah. then. That was, that was the MO of, of the, the various dinosaur periods. And then we deal with some of their ancestors today. We do. Yeah. A lot smaller. A lot smaller, A lot smaller, uh, but yeah, still, uh, still running strong today. Still running strong today. <laughs> Excellent choice. I'm all for it. Uh, my number eight, my number eight, really set the, least uh, really set the pace for what would come in the turn of the century. Uh, Otto von Bismarck uniting Germany between 1861 and 1871. You're, you're crushing me with these dates. I. I, I'm I wishing what have type dates. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, give me the Triassic period dates.
1: <laughs> Ten million BC to to twelve million BC. Yes.
0: <laughs> Did I go the right way? No, no. I went the wrong way. No, you way. went the right way. <laughs> um, they
1: changed that anyways, didn't they?
0: I think they might have. A.C. and AD
1: aren't the same thing anymore. Yeah, it's
0: it's everything changes. Everything that goes changes.
1: back to the the Catholic Empire influence.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah that changed all. The, yeah. yeah. It changed all that. Uh. So yeah, unification of Germany. Uh, I didn't realize that Germany wasn't really a place until like the end of the, the end of the 19th century. It's crazy. Isn't it man? was there was Germanic tribes. Right. Uh, you know, different. It was very spread out. There was, what was it was Prussia. Was uh, was probably a, it might have been the biggest German area, but it wasn't Germany, right? I think I think Prussia was the pretty big one because I remember like Prussia, like Russia, and then Prussia is just not around anymore. Uh, Ottoman Empire and and I believe had a had a maybe maybe the Ottomans. I'm not 100 percent certain on that one, but uh, but yeah. So, Otto von Bismarck just goes through this he just this huge like military run. And he just, he's just fighting everybody. He's like, we're going to unify Germany. And we're going to have this one Germanic you know, country. Uh, let's see some of these places. Uh, Holy Roman Empire. That's what it was. It wasn't the Ottoman. This is the Holy Roman. Uh, they clean house. They're fighting with, with France, Austria. You know, uh, it just a bunch of places to kind of unite this place. And uh, it really sets the stage because, you know, within 30, 40 years, you know, no offense to your ancestors, but... Germany's has a bit of you know they're, they're they have it they're a little bit they become like an aggressive very aggressive uh, you know system a lot you know the alliance system and right. and all that stuff and uh, and we all know you know World War One and World War Two they were, how they were involved
1: they didn't start it
0: no wait which one World War One <laughs> World War one they did not they did not start, did not start World War One that is true <laughs> World War Two
1: eh, I can't I can't give you oh I can't
0: they're the bad guys <laughs> World War One they did not no um that was. Franz Ferdinand's fault, his death, and that stuff. But uh, <laughs> it's your fault for being assassinated. <laughs> yeah, how dare you?
1: But you did inspire a halfway decent band. I like Franz I Fran Ferdinand for a hot minute. What a good, weird band name. Very strange. Let's but, name our band after some random monarch <laughs> that was assassinated to start World War One? They were good for an album or two. I'll take it. Yeah, Serbians took them out, right? <laughs> I, was that...
0: I think it was, yeah. There's, the whole alliance system it just got crazy, but the unification of Germany it, um, yeah, made made some uh, you know some of the bigger European powers. I mean, France still had a pretty big run. It, it, just, it just made a lot of these smaller places kind of united them all.
1: So. Right. If, if I remember correctly, um, France at that time is coming out of the Nap- Napoleonic age.
0: Yeah, it's a little. It's like the effects are still there, mm-hmm. but it's like. It's about fifty years afterwards. Yeah. At this point, uh, but Napoleon the Third is 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 emperor around this time. Okay. So
1: so you it's kind of the shift in the way military operated, and Germany was way ahead of everybody. The way they were organizing the tactics, the way they were able to completely shift so much of their monetary um, funds to just military to quickly build up their ranks, get them up to speed, get them the weapons they need. Literally, just like Japan. It's crazy. It's
0: crazy how, and right around the same period the time, too. Yeah. Very, very, uh, you know, very crazy how.
1: And just to say, uh, to get out of the way, uh, my ancestors, good thing for me, were actually in America by the time of World War I. Oh, they were? I'm in the clear. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for clarifying. They they were here in Western New York by that time. (laughs) All right. <laughs> not our fault. We were on the good guy side. All right. Good. Good. Uh, not that that matters at all. You're,
0: you're a good person, so that doesn't matter. Like, I'm making up for what
1: you're saying, even if they were <laughs> Nazis and murderers. <laughs>
0: oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah, that's right, number eight uh, for you guys, everybody. Unification in Germany.
1: That's a good one. I I did not I see was, that one coming.
0: Uh, I kind of didn't either. I remember learning about it. We did a chapter on history in social studies class, and I was like, this is kind of neat yeah. again didn't know Germany's I always thought Germany was and German you know German speaking people German culture had been around for generations mm-hmm. right I think uh, long time I, I feel like uh, the fall of Rome they mentioned a lot of Germanic uh, you know tribes were constantly invading yeah. Rome and that was part of the reason why the it kind of systematically fell yeah, you know, the hated. dominoes they hated
1: being occupied. Yeah,
0: so so that's that's. They were
1: actually a really good source of what we have now culturally for for poems and music. You know what I mean? You think about it, like Beethoven's coming out of there and things like that. Maybe Mozart's coming out of there. Yes, from, yes. You, you know what I mean? So they before they were known for unfortunately what happened World War One, World War Two. They were before they were they were known as this really vibrant culture of of food and music and poetry and 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 art and they weren't known to be this angry society. They were known for this really love creative art. And yeah. I loved it. You know, that, that that's a good point. I Bismarck love I love Germans. I
0: love Germans. I love German, I love German <laughs> Me too. food. Uh potato pancakes, man, number one. Mm-hmm. I went to a German bar in New Jersey one time, and I could not stop raving about
1: the potato pancakes. I go to the German-American Fest every year in Chictawaga, except for this year, because it's already been canceled. Yeah, Thanks, China. (laughs) Number seven. Is that okay? (laughs) Yeah, that's okay with me. That's okay with me. Ancient Egypt. That's a big time. I'm not as narrow as you. Uh, I really wish I would have nailed down some of my favorites, but, man... Anytime that I'm on uh, History Channel, and I'm looking up ancient Egypt, it's always entertaining. It's it's always so fascinating the way they were able to culturally impact so much of Africa, so much of Europe, and so much of Asia all at the same time. You know, they were they were this own powerhouse that was really driving um, such an old time that. They seem godlike in their own aspect. Right. To think about Egypt. And and the the way they took care of their, their dead. is just so fascinating that the, the real care that they have for people when they passed on. You know, it, it's kind of a shame that in a way that now we look at that kind of creepy, but at the same time it was like, man, they think about it, they, they cared about this person so much that uh, they they they, the they ironed yeah. the crap out of them. Yeah. They of the crap out of them. They were advanced in almost everything that you can think of. Language. Um, You know, they're a big uh reason that we have the language development and the writing that we have now. Yes, early
0: early uh, history of writing. Yeah. And hieroglyphics and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Would you believe me if I told you that ancient Egypt was my number seven as well?
1: If if you need to show me, I'll accept it, but I do believe <laughs> you. Okay. Uh All the reasons you said. All the
0: reasons you said. Ancient Egypt was fascinating. There's so much that we don't know still. That's right. There's so much. It is legit. I love falling asleep with the show Ancient Aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's always something to do with Egypt. And the guy's like, oh, aliens. Yeah. Uh, There's always something to do with Ancient Egypt. And it's it's really like learning. Obviously, it's one of the earlier chapters you learn about in social studies. Mm -hmm. You know, social studies class. uh, You know, the pyramids are... They are truly a wonder because it just... It doesn't make sense. (laughs) It logically does not make sense. When you think about technology back when these were built, a lot of things don't make sense. Yeah. Uh, You know, the Sphinx sphinx and and everything. But they did have a very sophisticated civilization.
1: And they had a lot of funds. Yes. And they had a a workforce of slaves that it did conquer, conquer people. Yep. You just throw them at whatever you want to build. But I actually found out that that's not really what they think that drove how they built it. A lot of times you're really like, oh, they just had slaves build the pyramids. I'm like, no, no. They had skilled architects that came up with this. Yeah. They came up with the, the how you're going to do it and and what materials and – like." Aren't they, like, the blocks that the, they're made out of, like, from down the Nile? They had to float them. Yeah, they had to float them, yeah. Down the Nile for miles. Yeah. We're talking, like, like 60-something miles, I think, something like and that. These were, like,
0: from what I remember being told, I don't know the actual accuracy, but these were, like, 5,000-pound locks. Crazy. Each one. Each one. All that. Yeah. And go up as
1: high mm-hmm. as it did. And specifically positioned... All to face a certain degree that they're they're all facing the same exact like parallel or whatever they're on the same point, which is just to even start out to build it and end up there is crazy. Aliens, <laughs> aliens. It's the, it's the only logical
0: explanation. No, it's uh it's it's fascinating. There's so much mystery that comes with that, and uh, no, I couldn't agree more. The time frame that I looked up uh, just to kind of give. 3050 B.C. to 641 A.D. That's kind of when the Romans had taken it over for like the last time. Then it just kind of fell apart after yeah. that. I think it was a Cleopatra. Let's see. Or her
1: and um, Mark Anthony.
0: Mark Anthony. They lost to Octavian Invaded, her mm-hmm. later Emperor Augustus. And they just kind of, let's see, Roman Empire divided itself. Egypt found itself in the Eastern Empire with a... It's capital in constant Constantinople and uh, they just kind of fell to the Persian army right recaptured by the Romans and then finally fell to the Muslim uh, rashidun army in 639 641 ad right so uh, but regardless and that, it's really cool too when you, you start to see like people discovering Egypt like that was like a focal point of the books that people are taking out the Sphinx like they show the early findings of the, the pyramids and all these tombs and stuff yeah and, like the exploration it inspired a whole bunch of like fan like co- pop culture yeah. like we love so much mummies the mummy trilogy uh, at least the first two movies it, and so like so much more uh, there, there was it, it influenced a lot well,
1: and based in like real life like curses like yeah people were like dropping when they got King Tut Like, all these people that were associated with with the dig and everything, they just all started dropping like flies. Yeah. All sorts of weird things happening in them.
0: Scary. Crazy scary. I love it. It's so cool.
1: What's the first thing you remember? Because I have one. What's the first thing you remember of hearing anything about ancient Egypt? I think, like, one
0: name always comes to mind, and that's King Tut. Yeah. Um, Because that was, like, that discovery of his body, mummified, was, like, a huge... Like scientific breakthrough, I guess, because uh, he was so young, and you, you learn about him. you see all the possessions that he had, undiscovered at the time, previously undiscovered. Nobody at the time. knew yeah. about
1: King Tut. He was not a, a known. No, exactly. And Pharaoh. they found him out, and he's uh, I think he was like like 20, 18, 18, 18 19, something 19. Something like He was
0: he was on the young side, and they yeah. they discover him, and he becomes this huge. He's one of the main characters of the, the Night of the Museum <laughs> movie. Right. You know what I mean? He just, he just becomes this huge legend everybody knows. King Tut. Yeah. Or Cleopatra,
1: of course. You know about her. but Mine was actually the Ten Commandments movie. Remember that? The Charles and Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. That's, okay. that's the first, as a child, watching that every time around Easter, Passover. Yeah, that That's something you would that would be on late. And it's such a long, crazy, long movie. It is. But it's Looked so very good. good. Very and good. I remember like picking like, man, how did Egypt just like... Who they were? How did they lose to this guy? You know what I mean? It's such a fascinating story, and that kind of like drove my interest. I'm like, all right, these people had something going on. I should probably know about these guys. Yeah,
0: now they're a cool little, cool little country. Cool yep. little, well, a little place.
1: Uh, have you seen it, uh, the pyramids recently? Uh, it's so I, I Google sad, Earth. Man. Uh, is it pretty? They built like a highway, like a football field away. Are you serious? Yeah, it cuts right past the pyramids. Um. I mean, that's do you know the show Idiot Abroad? Yeah. Ricky Gervais? He sent that dude there. And I remember he goes to visit it, and there's all this garbage flying around, and then you can hear like car noise and beeps and stuff. I'm like, oh my god. Can you Imagine can taking your big the one of the most culturally significant, technologically significant buildings, several buildings in the world, in the history of the world. And you just put a three-way through it.
0: Yep. That's sad. It is. I, I mean, maybe like a scenic way far away from it, but like that, I, I
1: don't understand. You want to go see the pyramids? Yeah, let's just drive down the highway. <laughs> Buzz bike doing 60. <laughs> hey, there it goes. It, just, it takes away from the fun. I heard it used to be gold-plated. The pyramids. Oh, really? I, I, some, some sort of, not gold-plated, but some sort of the sheen on it where you would have been able to see it for like hundreds of miles. Oh really? As you were driving to it, you wouldn't even. It would be almost blinding, the sun bouncing off of it. That's pretty cool. I can believe that. Yeah, I can believe that. And real quick before we move on, yeah, the things you brought up, yes, that's actually very significant topic right now through Joe Rogan. I was talking about podcasts, but Joe Rogan had a couple of guys on there talking about like the. Uh, destruction of it and what possibly led to the erosion stuff like that. So they think that a asteroid hit in Montana-ish area and that what's caused all the glaciers to start receding right and at the same time caused massive floods throughout the world and that is tied into like the story of Noah. Every major civilization really? has a story of flooding. It's not. Right around like, the same period of it's, time yeah, it's too. It's not folklore. It's real. Everyone documented. Like we had massive flood here and there, and they think that the Sphinx may have been flooded, then, because of something that happened in North America. No kidding. Yeah.
0: That's cool. I haven't heard that one. Yep. I watched Joe Rogan a bit. And
1: I haven't heard that one. Uh, that's really cool. Yep. That's really cool. Uh, number six, the Revolutionary War slash. Founding Fathers. It's important. Very important. It's ridiculously important. And it's something to keep us grounded to where we need to go. And it's tough because people like to talk about freedom. Yeah. And we don't really know what it's like to fight for freedom and how to really feel that you're in control of you and the people around you. Right. We're so small. The communities were so small, and you didn't have a lot of big cities. You only had a handful in the whole colonies. We're talking about Philadelphia, Boston, maybe a couple in like Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Even then, even New York wasn't New York now. No, not even close. Yeah. But it was one it of the. It may bigger have been hubs. even called still New Amsterdam at the time. I think I don't remember when they changed the name.
0: When the when England came over and took it over from the Dutch. They That's, changed they it. They changed it,
1: yep. So the revolution in war and to tie it in locally, going to Fort Niagara and knowing how important our area was as well as all of New York into really just pushing the idea of being our own control I mean control of our own freedom and, and being this new nation. Right. And the Battle of Bunker Hill, and you know. Um, this is a
0: big deal. It is. It's a huge deal because we, I mean, we talked about by number 10. Ultimate underdogs. Britain. Ultimate underdogs. Britain was literally the best top to bottom military force in the world, world when that happened. And granted, the, the French helped us out. Big time. Big time. Uh, big time. But it was. It was pretty crazy, and when you think about it, how a bunch of it was a lot of civilians, a lot of local militia. There was obviously some trained soldiers, of course, uh, some trained troops, a lot of military generals who defected from British loyalty to the you know what they wanted it to become. But um, it's actually very, very impressive, and honestly, like I love it. Uh, it's going to show up on this li- on my list at, again at some point. The Patriot is one of my favorite movies of all yep. time, and. Because it takes place in that time period, you really get to see you get to see the other side of it. You get to see the small town people, the the uh, the people who just went to church on Sundays and had taken up arms because they wanted to fight for freedom. And yep. and and uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but the one guy he was talking his his view is, he treated the slaves that slave guy like crap. And in, in that patriot movie, you know that, how like I, I hate swearing on the show, but ass backwards their mentality of freedom was. But at the same time, it was freedom from a foreign power. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very different, and it's it's uh, it was a different perspective. And right. That's why I enjoy that. I do enjoy that time period quite a bit.
1: And they just they had a uh, attitude that I don't know if you just see on a regular basis, man. The the way that you just they they didn't give up and they just believed in themselves, and it, it should have looked as such an. an you can't do this. How, how are you going to take on the the biggest empire the the world has ever seen? Yeah, and one that you're so closely tied to. It wasn't like you were you were an already established country fighting up another empire that was trying to come. In they, they owned you. They and they were so much of who you were. These people. Some of these people were English. You know, a lot natives. Of English. They were. They were yeah. born there. That yeah.
0: ironically enough, a lot of the the uh, you know the ideology behind coming to America was that. Uh, religious freedom and you know uh, a lot of people did come over from England for that reason right uh, I mean that was early early on right. in, in that in that playing the Church of England Fleeing the Church of England Yep. and yeah to rebel against your mother country yep. you know it's, uh, it's a daunting task but it, it set up it honestly set off a lot of a ch- uh, like a huge chain of revolutions because yes. I think that was the birth of the a- they consider it the age of revolution mm-hmm. France revolted not too long after that there's a couple of revolts in i think i want to say central america south america around this time within that certain time period it actually it, it it was uh it was a bit of an enlightenment enlightenment for the world to kind of fight back and that you know no no foreign power should have dominion over over our way of life right. we should be self-governed
1: so right yeah and then just one specific person out of that man ben franklin was an interesting dude Great, great character. Very great character, but what he kept on the side man was woo. I heard some stuff. That dude's into things. I heard some stuff. Yeah, the uh, Hellfire Club. You ever read about those guys? Good lord. Kind of like a freaky, freaky little occultish.
0: Little a lot orgy-ish. of orgy-ish. A little bit. Yeah, he's good uh, for him. Good for him. Good for good. Good for good old He time.
1: did enough good things in his life. He can cut it, <laughs> cut loose.
0: <laughs> All right, my number six is the American Progressive Era from 1890 to 1920. Uh, turn of the century, America is, I don't know, it's its, it's different. You know, you're kind of coming off the cusp of the Civil War, Reconstruction of the South, and the country's trying to heal. The country's trying to heal. Uh, but it can't. It can't fully heal the way everybody kind of wants it to. Uh, you know, Jim Crow runs through the South, and... But there is a lot of progressiveness kind of going through a lot of innovation. Yeah. I think is uh, is the biggest thing that comes out of this era. Women's suffrage. Women's suffrage comes out of this era. Uh, you know, I think I think Africans were granted the right to vote, but the South just made it very very difficult right. through Jim, Jim Crow. They do. Um, you know, African Americans. Excuse me. Uh, you know, they were kind of granted it because Frederick Douglass was a uh, big abolitionist and, and all this stuff. And they fought for it. I'm not sure exactly, you know, when all this stuff kind of came to fruition. But, uh, you know, but a lot of innovation. We get, so out of the night, the you know, that, that progressive era. You get, the debut of the airplane, the Orville's, or the Wright, Wright Brothers. Wright Brothers. Wright Brothers. Uh, I don't know why I thought Orville. Oh, one of their names was Orville, I think. Uh, you get the invention of the car. Yep. And Detroit becomes Motor City. Uh, essentially. A lot of technological innovations. Uh, I, I think the telephone is kind of around this time. The, the cameras. Yep. Uh, you see a lot of the, the you know, uh, how, like electricity in homes. Yeah. A lot of uh, utilities. Yep. This, it became kind of this era for this. Uh, one of my favorite presidents in the United States history, Teddy Roosevelt. Big conservationist, but very progressive kind of guy. Uh, you know, he was around during this time. He was a president 19... Uh, 19- we took over after McKinley got shot in Buffalo, but uh. Not our fault, <laughs> we didn't do it. Uh. <laughs> uh but you know, tra- uh, Maybe the transcontinental Railroad. No, that, I think that was before that. But uh. You do get to see a lot of Panama um, Canal. Panama Canal. That's what it was. Yes, that's a, a huge deal. Yep, huge deal. And of course, the progressive era runs through World War One, and this and that. And unfortunately, the uh the the world war 1 was kind of looming the the great depression was kind of looming but uh, for american culture huge step forward yeah huge step forward uh, to kind of the lifestyle we
1: live today teddy roosevelt was the last president to win an election on a third party ticket Do you know the name of the party he didn't win that one
0: he didn't as bolmos well, he ran it he ran on it but he split the vote he was running against yeah. Whoever Republican. I've watched the a bunch. His his vice president or successor that he groomed was William Howard Taft. Taft. And he hated Taft's policy, so he ran against him as Bull Moose. Yeah. And he split the Republic was it Republican? Yeah, Republican yeah. vote. And then that's how Woodrow Wilson got in. Oh. Yeah. And he that's, almost
1: kept us out of World War One. Almost. Almost. Seeking in the Titanics at the time.
0: Yeah. That's progressive. Yep. Advan- <laughs> well, I'm just saying <laughs> No, the, it is the it advancement is very, yeah. of what
1: they were able to build. It was build. huge. It was a big yeah. deal back yeah. then. A lot
0: of Americans were. I think there were some Americans that actually made the voyage to there to, let, to ride on the Titanic. Yeah. Uh, but very, very like, in, intense
1: time N- period. Um, not. Um, oh, man. <laughs> There's some conspiracy theories about this. And there were some very famous names that were supposed to be on that ship. That, oh, I've seen. That weren't. Yeah. One of the Rockefellers, was... I think. Oh, really? And I think the the man that was running, um, one of the biggest banks in America at the time, the Federal Reserve. Reserve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cr-
0: it wouldn't surprise me. The U.S. It has some, me. some
1: crazy stuff that like shady history. A little too uh, coincidental for convenient, uh, yeah, yeah
0: <laughs> sort of thing. No, I totally get that. It's something I definitely like to explore on the show.
1: That's probably for America one of the the biggest moments. You know, that period was so vital to – because you don't win World War One without us. You just don't. No, we got a uh, – United States got it pretty late. They
0: did. And they weren't doing so hard Woodrow
1: hot. Wilson didn't want to. Right. And then He's Teddy Roosevelt like, was on the side – And he kept pushing. Teddy
0: Roosevelt wanted to go in there. He He wanted to go with the Freedom Fighters and go and fight. And then he could. He just because his health wasn't it. Woodrow Wilson's like, nah, you're you're too old for this kind of thing.
1: At the time, there was a lot of um, immigration still going. on, massive immigration coming in to America, and And there was a lot of Germans coming in. That's
0: actually a big point I we didn't talk about. That's a huge point. Italians, Germans, they uh, wanted nothing to do with this.
1: Right. Like you, you want, like especially the Germans coming in. Especially this area, and then uh, out in the Midwest, They're like you want me to sign up to go fight my uncle. My uncle's right. over there. You want me to go fight my my father? He's still over there. Yeah. So. No, not about that life. Yeah.
0: But this that that is a good point that we did have a lot of people coming over. I think just before this, the statue lit the French over the, the Statue of Liberty. Sure. And uh, but yeah, huge massive immigration. Ellis Island was yep. a big deal. Yep. Uh, this is really a. a a melting pot era. That uh, was for
1: maybe the creation of the American dream. Maybe that's when you I, first start seeing that's, the idea of. Thinking
0: back through history, that's probably the first time period where I really remember that phrase. Right. Yeah.
1: The Irish um, potato, potato famine. Potato
0: famine, that's how they came over. Yep. Um, but yeah. All right. Top five. Here we go. I will go with Roman. With the Roman times? All Give
1: right. me all of it. Everything they've done. Everything they conquered. Everything they they dared to conquer to how far they were willing to go. We're going to go all the way to great Britain and then all the way out to China. And we're not just going to take you over. We're going to take you over and rule you, <laughs> not just rule you rule you in a way that you don't dare try and fight back. Yep. So I guess I'm kind of seeing a theme to all my <laughs> time periods right now that I love war, I guess. I it's, didn't
0: realize it. It's kind of gross when you think about it, but at the same time, it's always been the most interesting. Not, not, world history is, is been formed by war, I guess. History goes yeah. to the victor, yeah. uh, you know, that sort of mentality. But war's always been kind of an interesting time period. Yeah. You know, the thing to, to read up on, you, I mean, we grow up in, in, in battles like superheroes. and just a lot of battling. So, honestly, it's easy for somebody to kind of gravitate towards towards something like that.
1: Yeah. The, the innovations they brought to their military tactics to just how they built their own cities you know really establishing the idea of aqueducts and the way you do agriculture and just the way that and, and think about this too like if you are pushing so far out and going so far so many thousands of miles away you got to keep those troops fed and they were able to do it successfully all the time and it, and it never hurt them. You know, they didn't. It, unlike other times that we've seen big pushes in imperialism, that you push a little too far, and like Napoleon, yeah, push a little too far, and then you you, you no longer can keep up with the resources, and now you're stretched out too far. But The Romans did it for decades and decades and decades, it and and easy. passing it on yeah. to the next guy and the next emperor and the next emperor. They've had some of the most fascinating emperors of all time. I've talked to you already um, once, not on the podcast, we were talking about Caligula. Yes. You know, they had so many influential, crazy people that have ruled in their countries. It's just insane to think about their influence in first attacking um, Christians and then embracing Christianity and then pushing Christianity. You know, it's So many ways that they've impacted the way that our world exists today. They have,
0: yeah. All roads, I think another another cool little phrase all I Rose remember. All, all roads lead to Rome. Yep. Uh, that was that was definitely one of those early on ones. Uh, I can. That's a great time period. I actually almost had that. That was that, if I had an honorable mention, that would be honorable mention. Yeah, undoubtedly so. Uh, very good. All right, my number five. I used to hate this this reading this, and, and I nice like, way. hated it, uh, but now I appreciate it a lot more than I used to. The Renaissance, okay. Renaissance period, thirteen fifty to sixteen fifty. Uh, roughly, the, uh, almost like an Age of Enlightenment, I think, uh, kind of ran through that. Uh, you see a lot more. Like before that, it's really the Dark Ages of, of medieval history, right? You don't kind of uh, the Dark Ages. Uh, a lot of, a lot of war, pretty mm-hmm. much yeah. a lot. It was mostly dominated by war, and then things kind of calmed down. Of course, there were some people squabbling, but uh, you see a huge, just like the American Progressive era, you see huge push in. Inventions, Yep. Uh, arts. Mm-hmm. Science. Yep. Uh, a huge push to that. You know, we were talking about uh, with the map, back with the British Empire, you know, like the Galileo time period, you know, the, the world, the universe doesn't revolve around the earth. Right. It revolves around the sun. Uh, there's this huge, you know, Christianity kind of ruled, ruled everything. Everything, a lot of things went through the Pope, but there was this pushback, this, this ideological pushback against... You know, this ain't right. We can legit prove otherwise, you know, than what other than what you're telling me. Right. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's all sorts of – the, the Church is, is a very interesting historical perspective. But, uh, you know, all the witchcraft and, and, and just, it just a lot of insane stuff came out of this time period. But uh, I do appreciate the works of a lot of – you know, I, I kind of appreciate the works of Shakespeare. You know,
1: I'll, I'll sit and read. I watch it. I watch it. I watch Hamlet. Shakespeare's, Shakespeare's. Do you subscribe to the idea that there was more than one person? It's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, honestly, that a lot of people think that now, that there was at least three people that wrote and got, and they all got credit to w- one name, Shakespeare. Really? Yeah.
0: I never heard that one. And
1: possibly some of those were women, and women weren't they were allowed, allowed to, to be. have that sort of credit. Right. Right. Uh, you said dark ages right before that. I think you don't get. That push of all the innovation and enlightenment, without having such a ridiculously sad and terrible time in human Domino history. Domino
0: effects. Yeah, people are just like, okay, we're fed up. Yeah. Uh, you know, now you start to get into the bit of an age of exploration. Yeah. People are doing that. That should have gunpowder yeah. is I, around this period of time. I was stuck so in my was,
1: house for decades <laughs> for twenty years because of the Black Plague. I'm going to go out and paint. Right. No, seriously. <laughs> That's exactly how I'm, I'm going to bring. I want to bring. You know, and, and enlightenment and and, and happiness to people. I, I want to challenge people to to think outside and 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 realize that there's more to our existence than just wake up, eat, and and stay alive. Yes,
0: No, one hundred percent. Yeah, great time period. I love looking. At, there's even some cool like. Uh, I've seen some like even like conspiracy theories and stuff. Like, there's cool paintings from around this time period where they have like UFOs and stuff. Oh. Well, I love the conspiracy theory stuff. Uh, I I, I legit should do like a top ten conspiracy theory thing. Uh, but yeah, number five is the Renaissance. What do you got for number four?
1: Prohibition slash the gangster era. Yeah, it's Roaring Twenties specifically. You know what's happening in just the way that the country is embracing the bad guy and thinking that they're kind of the good guys. You had so many unique characters running around. You had Al Capone, you had the five families in, in New York. Yeah. You know, you had uh, Bonnie and Clyde running around in the Midwest just creating mayhem. Um, uh, I, I wish I could think of all of them right now, but just that period was just uh, the advancement of automotive Uh, Engines and and the way that the the V8 engine comes out and just completely takes over and the cops have nothing to do with it. Um, You had to create a a federal agency to actually reel these people in because they're like, well, they're going across state lines and what am I supposed to do? I can't send guys there. So they actually create the FBI... To counteract all this, because these people are, are doing whatever they want, and we can't stop them. We can't match their firepower. We can't match the cars that they're driving, and you know, they're they're money laundering. Nobody knew like how to launder money like they were doing. They were hiding all these funds, and they organized didn't know where crime, it man. Yeah. It was
0: it was it's very impressive. Uh, I love that time period. Yeah, the the the, the villain was the, the quote unquote villain was romanticized. Yeah, back then, hugely. Yeah, the Prohibition era, like they. Banning stuff just doesn't work. Nope. It doesn't work at all. It, it, in the long history of... Like, there's only a matter of time before marijuana gets legalized federally. Only a matter of time. Uh, you know, it, it's... this. Yeah, this era was just really cool. The speakeasies and... and uh, there's a lot of culture that comes from it. A lot of
1: culture. Yeah. Just like in the 60s, we we're talking about the way that people were dressing. Look at the way they dressed back then. Yeah. Look at the way the gangsters were, were, were rocking those three-piece suits and the fedoras and all those girls with the fancy hairdos and everything oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. Or, like, uh, there's a
0: lot of... I think this is kind of like the early days of Hollywood at this point, sure. too. Sure. I, I, I want to say that. Uh, you start to get Mickey... Like, I mean, not that Mickey Mouse is completely Hollywood, but... Mickey Mouse is starting to, you yep. know, show up around TVs. Cartoon. Well, people are going to the movie theaters to watch Mickey Mouse cartoons mm-hmm. and uh, this and that. You do get a lot of in the entertainment sector. The
1: city of Las Vegas, yeah, comes because of gangsters. Yes, we up without illegal um, gun running and booze running and all that stuff. You you don't get Vegas. You know, they went out. They made uh, I think the pink flamingos, the the very first one. The Flamingo hotel I, th- yep. I think there was a flamingo hotel uh, out there but yeah
0: it, it's uh oh, it's a great time period another another honorable mention yep on this one absolutely all right my number four uh, pretty re- probably my most recent time period it would have to be the Cold War from 1947 to 1991 uh, a lot happened in that time period I just found it so fascinating that uh, for like a Four or five year span The US and the Soviets are getting along Everything's hunky dory We're fighting the Nazis Beating up on Japan Hung Mussolini yep. And then So quickly So like it just complete uh, Complete separation As Winston Churchill once put it "An Iron curtain has descended upon Europe um, A lot of discrepancies With how, what to do with Germany You know uh, they, I think that's what birthed it, and then here we go. We're going back in this this whole alliance system that started World War One, and legit, they, there was a couple times where we were on the brink of something big possibly happening again. Right, the Russia, the Soviets had their own their own satellite states. The United States had NATO. Uh, you know that that whole pretty much the Western Hemisphere and the Eastern Hemisphere. That's pretty much what it was. Uh, was the guy uh i can't think mccart was a mccarthy with the the red scare yeah apparently. the red the red scare was a big deal um the communists and all this stuff you actually honestly get a lot of this is where i think a lot of conspiracy theories come from because america is now with world war ii happening i feel like they're on a much bigger national international scale it's literally them and the Soviets, right? England's kind of fallen off a little bit after right. World War II. They're recovering from
1: everything. Um, it's literally the United States and the Soviets. Well, it's the have and have nots of the nuclear weapons. Yeah. If you don't have one, you're not a superpower. Exactly. And
0: yeah, everyone's like, oh, we got to diffuse, diffuse, diffuse. Uh, it's just a very hectic time period. I mean, it runs, your 60s runs through this time, yep. you know, this. this yeah, a lot of interesting presidential, you know, presidents. The JFK Cuban Missile Crisis. Cuban Missile Crisis is huge. Uh, you know, Ronald Reagan's, you know,
1: tear down, tear down wall. that wall,
0: and oh, so much in between. Yeah, uh, Khrushchev coming coming here. Yep. That team, was huge. It was a big deal. He didn't, he didn't get let into Disneyland. He was very mm-hmm. upset about that. But it Nixon was still, makes
1: the first trip to China. Yes, that's right. right. Mao Zedong. He uh,
0: he met with him. So uh, very turbulent time period the world is on edge right uh, it felt like I don't know World War two was like I, I look at the the world like world history through like as like a day and I feel like World War two was like the Sun kind of setting on this this era and the Cold War it's very dark and you know just everybody's we I mean, get a lot of stuff that comes through it but it, it's just a very dark time period where I mean you the world is on edge Right, you know, of course, nobody lo- logically it would be stupid to drop nu- any more nuclear bombs on, on another place uh, that you just dis- you dislike or whatever, it just it just doesn't make sense. But the world was still on edge, you yep. know. Uh, the school that we record out of was a shelter,
1: you know, my bomb middle, shelter. My middle school was
0: so, yeah, mine was as well. Bomb shelter, and those were put in place. The, the our parents, grandparents used to have to do the height under the desk drills. And took
1: your head between your knees and kiss your ass goodbye.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just a crazy time period. But uh, yeah, Cold War is my number four. My number four.
1: My number three might be the most influential time period slash war that we're currently dealing with. And I'll kind of spell it out for you. Okay, it's World War One. One? okay. World War One is the, advanced, the extreme advancement of weaponry and the way that we're going to fight wars from now on machine guns are dominating the, the, the tanks, p- yeah. tanks had to be created just to get through the trenches. Yep. That was a Brit- British in- invention. Once again I'll bring up Dan Carlton. Definitely if you love World War One, he has an amazing six part episode on World War One, and I recommend everyone listen to it. It's going to take you about 12 hours but it's totally worth it maybe more um. Yeah. World, but World War One sees U.S. come in and be the savior and kind of take their first step into the real. We're not just okay with sitting on the side anymore. We're gonna help lead this world. We're gonna have to be one of the voices of reason. Yes. And we you're gonna have to deal with us and and our way of life. And we kind of help spread our culture and the way that we kind of live our lives throughout the rest of the world. And the other part that comes with it, and I don't know how many people realize this is all the problems that we're dealing with in the Middle East start at the end of World War I. Yeah, the West, all, all the allies that we were part of decide once they win, this is how we're gonna divide this up. and we're dealing with that today. And it's ridiculous to think about because this, now we're dealing with over a hundred, almost a hundred years ago, A war that was fought that no one's around for anymore, and we're still dealing with the the same effects. Yeah, it's always weird because it's that's. I mean, that's an excellent
0: point that you bring up because I always wondered like, where did the 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 trouble in the Middle East? When did that really
1: start? Because you know,
0: it's been around. Middle East has been around as long as you know the Earth has been around. We've Uh, already
1: talked about how influential that part of the country was or or world was. Yes, absolutely. Uh, So.
0: Yeah. Yeah the way they divided it up and it just there's yeah, it's it's pretty insane.
1: My favorite person out of all World War One ish era is uh coming out of Russia. Little uh Russian man that wasn't so little named Rasputin. Do you know uh, anything about Rasputin? I've, I've heard and read some things about him. The evil monk? Yes. That guy single handedly made Russia turn into kind of what they were for the Cold War yeah. and becoming a communist nation. There's a lot of people that think if that get guy didn't get to the the king, queen, the czar and czarina, that yeah, maybe you never have this revolution. Right. Maybe they stay in power and everything's hunky-dory in Russia because they lost the most people. During World War One, they got destroyed.
0: They took a huge brunt financial losses and They didn't have the
1: weapon. They didn't understand the kind of war they were putting. So all they did, they they said, "Well, what's our biggest resource? People." They just kept sending guys over there, and they're just dropping like flies. They have no idea what's happening. Everyone back back home is starving, and they don't have the money. Yeah, Russia's not a
0: very financially stable country. It's always it's always it's never been great. You know, they like trading has always been tough because they're they're. Most of the, the waters by them are all cold. Yep. For, they freeze in the winter. Uh, so trade. I mean, Russia has, I think, the biggest country in the. They do have the biggest country in the world, but uh, a lot of the resources are. All, it's all wintry. It's yep. very wintry there. Yep. So.
1: And they uh, always put on the front. That's always what they've kind of been about. They, we need to put out the the face of we're good and, yes. we're, and we're strong and everything's going great. But meanwhile, <laughs> behind the scenes. They're nothing, right? They're, and they're just completely falling apart. The whole reason Chernobyl happens is because of that attitude. I recommend everyone watch the HBO special Chernobyl. Heard good things about Very it. Very good. Very good things about
0: it. No, that's uh, that's true. I mean, they were kind of always struggling. Aside from like uh, you know their space program, which did limited cool things, sure. Sputnik and you know they were struggling on the inside financially. They just it, it just. The economic system just wasn't working for what they wanted. What JFK
1: they was actually pushing to work with them more.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, well, he wanted he wanted it. You know, he he wanted to fighting stupid, and he wanted he wanted to be like I love JFK, and I feel like if he didn't get assassinated, there's a lot of conspiracies that revolve around JFK. Uh, he could have changed the world a little bit more than he already did. Yep. He was a very uh very hardworking president. So
1: Marilyn Monroe did what she could.
0: She could only do so much. <laughs> she could only do so much. But uh, yeah, so that's your number three. Ironically enough, my number three it's not World War One, but it's the second one. So uh, World War Two. Uh, again, thirty years not even thirty. Eh, twenty? Yeah, twenty five. Years later.
1: Well, depends on what you categorize as the start of World War Two. Yeah. Is it is it the formation of the nationalist
0: uh, the Nazis? You know? I, uh, I, yes and... Well, no. Not, or is it I think it's once they started taking... Poland. I think the invasion of Poland is where I marked the start of it, officially. Yeah. Once Hitler started, he gained his power and then he started trying to invade. And, and the League of Nations was just appeasing him. Mm-hmm. It's constantly appeasing him. Okay, we'll give you this if you stop. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just goes and invades someone else. Right. Uh it's insane. It, appeasement didn't work, and it showed the, the, the weak leadership of the League of Nations.
1: Right. Churchill's successor. I can't remember his name, but... was it? Oh, Pretty sure. Or
0: pre- predecessor. would be predecessor.
1: Well, Churchill was a, a voice in Britain. Right. And then... It- Post World War One, he's pushed aside. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're There's right. a new guy that comes in. Can't remember his name right now. No, he's, Churchill was World War Two. You no, he is oh, as well. Okay. He's both. Okay, you're right. And and he wanted to take a stronger stance against Germany. Against Germany. But the other guy was like you're saying is listen, we're just we're all trying to just rebuild. <laughs> a lot of people are and get along. missing money and you need to get this thing going again. Yeah. Worst decision ever. Yeah.
0: No, it was uh, is bad and it led to a lot, deaths of a lot of people. Obviously, we all know the Holocaust. Uh, it's just amazing, and you know, I think people like to throw around certain phrases that were used around that time: "communist," "Nazi." I think that people like to throw that those phrases around yeah. a little bit too loosely. All right. I nowadays I do, but uh, it, it it is pretty amazing how people like how a guy like Hitler rose to power. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. Like, and maybe somebody gets offended that I say that, but like Hitler was a very, very smart man. He Mm -hmm. is an evil, evil human being, like the epitome of evil, but a very smart, his, his takeover of Germany. He played on their fears, right? Um, Yeah. Look what all these, these powers took away from us back in world war one with the treaty of Versailles. Versailles. We're gonna t- we're gonna go take take what's ours. Yep. And they start invading places and yep. stuff. And it's a long drawn out conflict. Um, you know, FDR gets elected for his third and fourth terms uh, during this time period. Pearl Harbor, uh, a lot of stuff culminates in this World War II time period. And like I said, it was a, a big shift of of the balance of power. Uh, before that, like World War One, Ken kind of era, like England was that world superpower, and they fell off. Uh, France. They became Vichy France, and they just kind of fell off, uh, you know, after Germany invaded them. And it was legit. All that's left is what we just talked about previously: U.S., U.S. and and Soviet Russia. Right. Uh, It's crazy how many world powers like sunk. Like, I would probably consider Italy a world power around then. Japan, uh, Germany. You know, they just kind of all fell off, and then there were two. Right. Uh, But yeah, that is my number three
1: move on to our number two. Number two is World War Two for me. Ah. <laughs> so, to put in perspective kind of like how Germany got to a place where they would willingly accept and embrace such an absolute lunatic. Well, and We have to say first that not all Germans, you know, there were several assassination attempts made on Hitler. They oh, didn't, yeah. A lot of Germans didn't want him in power, but there's only so much you can do. So... Um, What kind of drove his uh, election into power is they were going through a recession like people can't even imagine. And the way that I've always been told to put it in perspective is... And get up for in the morning, and you, you have a family of three, and, a, and you gotta go and support, right? And the wife's at home, so all right, I'm gonna get up in the morning, and I get dressed, and I have this loaf of bread, and I eat it. And I get what wife says, All right, honey, uh, that was the last of the bread for the morning and, and the rest of the day. So on your way home from work, can you stop by the market and pick some up? And he goes, Yeah, of course. When he left that morning, that, that bread was 20 cents, when he came home, it was $20. The recession is almost, people don't have any understanding of the financial struggles that day-to-day people were facing. Yeah. And they didn't know what else to do. And then here came this guy, this this man. and I mean, it wasn't this rhetoric immediately of just like, listen, all these specific people, Jewish people, you know, the Hebrew nation are bad. He, he wove it in eventually because he knows how to manipulate people. Right. And he clearly is one of the most evil in- individuals we'll ever see in our, our, our lifetimes. 100%. So, but he wove everybody into the idea of, first off, everyone turned their backs on us, and they blamed us for everything that happened in World War One. and we know that's not true. We weren't bad people, and they weren't. They were just the biggest, I think really they were just weren't. the biggest
0: country on this, that, that side. Right. Right, Austria-Hungary, I think, was exactly. the one that, they, they were small, they were small-time. Austria and Hungary split like after World War One, I, I think but yeah. Germany was just the big they were the fall, the fall the fall guys
1: yep so and then you know so World War Two kicks off and we slowly get dragged in and we're fighting on two fronts and I just love the, the greatest generation right that's what we call them and they were and and Obviously, they were getting drafted, but at the same time, so many of them would have gone and fought anyways. They didn't care. There's pride. There's
0: a lot of American pride. Yeah. and It was cool to be an American back then. Right, because we're
1: yeah. like, we can make a difference. We did it before. We can do it again. Yes. We see something that's obviously wrong in, sorry, Japan, I'm going to say this too. You were horrible people. You did some horrible things yep. during that time, and they don't get nearly the same attention that... You that you see Germany get obviously with Holocaust that was obviously horrendous, but Japan was doing some pretty me- messed up stuff. You ever heard of the Rape of Nanking? Look no, that up, I have to look and, it up, but be prepared because it it's, is some very rough. sad, horrible stuff. Yeah, and that's what they did to China during the time. So World War Two was really the the first time that I was able to read about like straight up good versus evil comic book stuff. Man, we're talking about being this you have a picture i love sharing it every fourth of july of captain america punching hitler yes. in the face and like all right the america we're we're these true heroes and we're gonna go take on this super villain and we got we got the guys that are gonna go take care of them and got like even we're still dealing with a gi joe you know you don't have gi joe without the kind of campaigns right you, know? you had all the women going to work during while the men were away um One of my favorite movies, A League of Their Own. Yeah. They had an entire baseball season just dedicated to women. So to go from women's suffrage that we talked about already, and now women are actually driving the the machinery and creation of all these weapons and and aircrafts and whatnot that are making our men succeed. And and really keep the idea of free nations and the idea of everyone is equal alive. Right, And – as important as World War One was, World War Two is just as important. I would definitely say so. Definitely say so. Get you fired up. <laughs> I love it. And some of the best documentaries, I think, are around that time, and some of the best movies. I mean, you talk about Saving Private Ryan. Some of my favorite TV series, Band of Brothers. You know, some some you can really feel the emotion because it still feels so recent even though we're talking now it's almost 80 years ago you know it's been 80 years it's, it's still so. pretty
0: fresh in everybody's mind yep so excellent excellent all right so my number two uh deals with my favorite historical figure of all time uh, that is napoleon bonaparte napoleon bonaparte is my number one i love reading about him i have a few books on him uh really interesting character, but the overall time period would be the French Revolution slash Napoleonic era, 1789 to 1815. Uh, the uh, The French Revolution really, it paved the way for a guy like Napoleon to come in uh, and seize power, because there's so much uncertainty, right? They overthrow Louis XVI, because uh, they were pissed at him for... One, his wife, who just spent a lot of money. Let um, them eat cake. <laughs> and he sent a bunch of money and troops over to the United States to fight in a foreign war because French and British had a hard-on for each other, uh, to put it nicely. And, you know, the French people revolted. And what they got out of it was the Reign of Terror, Maximilian uh, Robespierre, I think that's I Probably definitely not how you pronounce it. But you know what I'm saying, where he's, he's, he's taking people to the guillotine in the streets, Uh, traitors to you know anyone who he's suspected uh, of being a traitor he takes him and cuts him head off the guillotine and then he eventually he eventually ends uh with the fall of that but the that whole you know very scary time period then you have the french directory uh and Napoleon like sees his opportunity. He's a general at this point. He's leading France's armies and all over the place in Italy, and he's on various campaigns. And he's serving time, and he comes back when he knows that when he when the revolution is he, he knows it's continuing. Right? He knows people are still frustrated that things still aren't the way he wants them to, and he just asserts power. And he's the way he like a fantastic propagandist in a way, you know, in, in a strange sense. He he's, he. Exploded with like people sense confidence in him, confidence in in le- true like leadership, and he never really a, a you know he didn't have a reign of terror. Like the French people could easily get behind him, and he was just like he was pretty honorable. Yeah, in my personal opinion, I know people don't have fun. You know, some people compare Napoleon to the likes of Hitler. Sometimes, uh, no, 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 he's Napoleon did some rough stuff, but not I don't think not at the level of of Hitler.
1: It was just a style of the time.
0: It was a normal thing, and yeah. not, not that it's justifiable, but yes, I, I completely agree. Uh, Napoleon was a—he's a fighting leader. Yep, he was on the front lines with his troops, leading his leading his armies, and you didn't see that a whole lot yeah. uh, at that point in time. Uh, I—it's—it's it's a very interesting period because it's kind of crazy. I love French culture for some reason. I have no French in me at all, but French culture, French architecture. Um, Even the language, even though I don't know how to speak it, like it's very, it's very intriguing. Mm -hmm. And this is a huge point in time for in in French history. Yeah, it's a turning point from going from a monarch to becoming empire, and then, you know, within a few years, Napoleon's taken over various places. He's got he's setting up, putting different people, different people he knows on various thrones across Europe. Still trying to compete. I love his. what was it? He had a, a, a I what was his system call. I got He had some kind of system where it, it kind of like blocked it, it. It left Britain out, and it, he's trying to strangle them like economically, so he can invade. But he just still not He could not like overthrow that. He right. had trouble, and it was kind of cool. It was almost like a, a world war in a sense because they threw everything that they Europe threw everything that they had at him. Everything. Yeah. Battle of Waterloo uh, yep. was the biggest one, right? I think that was after he came back into power, he lost the war, got exiled, came back, and then they're like, oh my god, the on the throne again. What the fudge? We gotta get everybody get out there. <laughs> uh, you know, he butted heads with Russia quite a bit. Like, Russia, he thought that, uh, you know, that Tsar was, was on his side, and he really wasn't. Uh, well, then he tries to invade. He tried to invade, and Hitler made the same mistake 100 years later. Yep. A little over 100 years later, but, uh,
1: very, yeah, it, it's... It kind of – yeah, it's – that's my number two. Well, he was such an influential military mind. He he paved the he way – He studied. He was a bookworm when it came to this stuff. Yeah. Like, he studied the
0: crap out of, like, different military formations, uh, different ways to approach, and, and he knew how to draw armies in. Yeah. He, he had the perfect, like, perfect point. He knew how to, like – he knew how to get out of trouble. Yeah. And – very like he inspired. He was really good, even if he didn't actually have faith in some of his, you know, troops. He knew how to inspire them because he would. I, I one of the books I read. He would actually go, like when he was general and, and early on, when he was, you know, when he was emperor, uh, he would go and he would go sit at campfires and talk with his troops. Right. And he did his best to get them shoes and food and like honestly take care of them. He was a kind of a. He took care of his troops because he knew yeah. a good army is going to get you. It's going to get you far, yep. as far as what his, his goals were for France.
1: His use of artillery was impeccable. Yes, that that's what really was the the biggest difference that set him apart, and then and then the use of his um um the horses, the uh, cavalry. Cavalry yeah. was you know the, the use of those two things was the way he just in the way that the Germans in the World War II used blitzkrieg, kind of blitzkrieg at times the way that he was over the ob- overwhelm an army. And just uh, you think that he kind of lulls you in, and he bring it in, and and then he beats you down with the other. and Then bam, here come the horses, and you're running, and, and you're, you're done, and you're done. Yep. yep. And you give up all the ground, and now he's got what he wants. Exactly. And then you run off, and then he goes, fine. In two weeks, we'll fight again, and I'll win. <laughs> he goes, I'm fine and waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well,
0: he bet he bided his time, and he was he was oh, so good. If you guys go back, I think it might have been our second episode of Retro Pop. Myself and Johnny Townsend. We did an episode on Napoleon. Because uh, that's how much I, that's how much I care. I read, I read his book like for the the autobiography of him. Uh, it's called Napoleon: of Life. I've probably read it about three or four times. That's how I'm obsessed. And I always catch something new every time.
1: And then he, he gets banished to some island somewhere. Yes.
0: Uh, oh God, what was it called? Saint. Oh, it's Martin. No. Napoleon Exile. Elba, that's what it was, okay. where they think he got poisoned because
1: he had, uh, there's bits of arsenic. Oh, great. Yeah. So, but yeah. To quote one of my favorite movies from childhood, where would a 19th century dictator go in California? <laughs> Waterloo! <laughs> Remember that Bill and Ted's Excellent adventure. Of course, how could you forget? <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Very good. We're down to our number one. Our road trip is almost coming to an end. It's a little bit of a lengthy one, but this is a good one. I'm I'm really enjoying this. What do you got for number one, my friend?
1: Civil war. Okay. I it, like it. It is not even close, maybe, because of how much attention I've spent on it. You know, the first chance I then I found out that we had a civil war class in, in high school and I said I gotta take that and you know, that involved going to Gettysburg again for my fourth time and I remember just, you know, there was the great um, Ken Burns documentary that came out, and just there's the advancement of photography. So it was like the first war; they really got to see just horrific and awful um, images of what war was really like. That the, the misunderstanding of what the weaponry was really going to be able to do, and we weren't—no one was ready, you know, North or South. And once again... No, it, they didn't want to fight... I mean, deep down, they
0: didn't want to fight each other. There. Deep down. They there. didn't want to... Fight. It was legit. Brother versus brother. Yeah. Father versus sons. Yeah. Uh, that's hard to do. Yeah. That's hard to do. And it's weird to think that that took place in the United States. Yeah. Like, uh, Gettysburg is an emotional place for for me. I knew somebody who told me that every... He goes down there and he said he cried when he seen the cemetery. He cried. Because it's, uh, like it's, it's pretty emotional, the, the, the long-lasting effects of it and... And I understood it. I, I understood why he cried. Yeah. I, I completely understood it. Uh, and everyone's like, everyone's so quick to throw out because obviously our nation is very, it's political turmoil all the time right now. I don't like to speak modern politics, but everyone likes, oh, oh civil war's coming. They've been saying it for like five, six, seven. Like they've been saying it forever. Right. No, the civil war's coming. It's not. No. And not.
1: Um, Talk to your neighbors.
0: You you realize you turn have way more news, in common. Yeah. Turn off the news. Turn off your social media, yep. and go talk to people. Yep. And honestly, it's so it's so much better <laughs> when you do it that way. Honestly, you you'll you have an easier time talking your differences out with somebody face to face, and you will over online because everybody's just too emotional wired. But yep. um, but it's sad that that's like everyone quick to throw out civil war. Like they're excited for it. It's like. You guys have no idea. <laughs> Read about no idea. it. Read about it. Go to Gettysburg. Go yeah. s-
1: go, go to the museum. Yeah. Go see that cemetery. Was it in Antietam? Where yeah. in Antietam, they, um, the casualties are, you can't even fathom it. And just these men were were, were fighting in this uh, cutout railroad line, right? And they're just falling on top of each other, piles and piles of men. And young men. You know what I mean? That, that's what they were running through yep. every year. The war goes on. Here comes another kid, and a lot of them were hiding their ages. They were signing up. Yeah, when there's a were lot of minors wrong. A lot of
0: minors that that went to war. the yeah. Civil war,
1: and they, no one understood. And everyone thought when the start of the war, oh, this will be over quick. We're talking a couple of months, and
0: four or five years yeah, later, we'll figure this out. And the period after it was like it was scary because you know Lincoln. We don't know if Lincoln had plans for how he planned out reconstruction of the South, right? Uh, but when he got assassinated and and Johnson comes in, Andrew Johnson, and there's no plan. It's just like it's chaotic. He w- it takes a long time for them to get the He wanted it to be influence. over
1: as soon as possible. Yeah. Which and he is was, why.
0: He, I think he had his loyal some loyalties to the South as well. And he was a little he bit sympathetic. hesitant. He was sympathetic yeah. towards the South. So uh, they didn't get harsher penalties. That's why there were still some al- elements. I'm not going to say straight up slavery, but some elements of
1: slavery still we're, existed. We're dealing with it today. Yes, we are. Hundred uh, percent. Not all the monuments, but a lot of those monuments wouldn't be around right now. The the overall use of the Confederate flag. I mean, could you imagine what it could have been like if, if Lincoln would have not been assassinated and would have been able to really keep the forward push down into the South and establishing of these days are done. Yeah, you didn't have that. The the second that treaty was signed at Appomattox, and then not too long after the assassinated in fact it's like two weeks later maybe it might be two weeks later that, that Lincoln is assassinated that's
0: right yep yeah, but Ford Cedar I, I think it was pretty pretty quickly after that
1: did you watch that Grant um three part Grant um documentary I I on a
0: history channel I think so I watched watch that is it good it's, it's really good, good. I watched – like, they have, like, some video stuff at, at the Gettysburg Museum that I really, really enjoy. And I would, like, if – because we did it in Pat, like, on the way back home. We went to a Hershey Park, and then we we're, like, we're close to Gettysburg. Let's go check it out. So we drove, like, the hour south, and then, like – so we were kind of just seeing it in, pseudo, in a sort of rush. Uh, but I would like to uh, – I would like to go down there and appreciate it. Go do the tour.
1: Do do the uh, – do it for the July weekend because the – Battles were July first
0: to third. Oh, the the recreation,
1: they'll, they'll do reenactments, but just the, the town kind of comes alive. Okay, it's it's really unique.
0: It's it was cool. It was crazy walking down there because there's still like cannonballs mm-hmm. and bullet holes. Just like you can see that s- stuff still damaged down there. Yeah, like building infrastructure, it's still damaged on there. It's really. It was mind-blowing to see it. You can straight-up see it, like, in, in, like, stone. Stone walls, stone, like, stone buildings. You can still see bullet holes, and,
1: in, 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 oh, it's insane. The first civilian death happened during that battle, um, and the house that it happened in, um, this lady was, like, baking or something like that, but it's right next to a Holiday Inn, and that's where, when I was on my field trip, that's where we stayed. It's you literally can see it from like the balcony outside your hotel room. Right, right. Which is so crazy that like, it's so much of the town is still preserved and and dedicated. It is very to
0: well the, preserved yeah. town. Very well preserved town.
1: To the, uh, <laughs> do the do uh, the Stonewall March and get a real idea of what they were dealing with when trying to do that that march to to take over the Union position and what they were going across. I mean, dude, you marching across a football field if not more? And then once you get to the road, you have to go over a fence. Once you get over the fence, you got to go past the road. Once you get over that road, you got to go over another fence. And <laughs> it's like, how did anyone think this was going to work? <laughs> and the whole time you're thinking, of like, you got cannonballs just, like, just coming un- at you, unimaginable. And the way these men died from these wounds, horrific. The mini ball, it, it, it wasn't like now where it kind of kind of rip through you and go through you and obviously that's not good but this stuff would ricochet in your body it was soft metal and it would the way that it would just like stick inside you and like shatter bones and everyone died of just horrific gangrene and it's oh, that's so sad so, it is I don't know why that dark stuff sticks in my mind so much but, but it's the
0: truth it's I think it's uh, I think it's an important thing to, it's always an important thing to look at yep uh, especially with how fragile society is nowadays My um, number one You've already mentioned it. Uh, it's clo- it's well, it's the American Revolution, but it's also the colonial American period as well. Love colonial times. Uh, the military styling was interesting. Uh, it, it's kind of it, it's pretty crazy that once like word got back that there's this this entire continent that nobody from Europe or Asia had seen before. There's just this flood of countries just try- It's like being the first man on the moon like everybody's you're racing to be that you know that first person that first person there establish a colony and you know i I think it's an important time period to look at too because you know our country was built on immigrants well i mean yes there were there were native americans here previously but um for for the the ideal the ideology of united states has been this melting pot yeah and you look at all the different countries that had stakes in in the United States, and in some former fashion, uh, Russia. I think Russia had like Oregon for a little while. They had a lot of West Coast stuff. Uh, Spain, England, France, the uh, the Deutsch, the Deutsch, the New <laughs> Amsterdam. Uh, There's a lot of port. I think Portugal had some stock as well. Uh, there was a lot, and then slowly they started like combating each other and then it really came down to Spain was there for a little a little while I think they were there during the American Revolution they had like Florida they had Florida they had Florida but like for the most the east coast of what would become the United States it was like France and England and then England pushed the French out of there and that was that was kind of where we all where we all were but there was a lot I mean it's it's I try to think like I know people who move from faraway places all the time they come locally and I get to meet them and stuff it's Pretty scary, but you kind of know about those places, right? You know about you can know information about those places ahead of time. These these immigrants from these other countries who were seeking religious freedom uh, and, and various other things, they came here. They didn't know what to expect. Right. What are we getting into? You know, uh, are there people there? They might not have known that there were Native Americans there. Some of them befriended them. Uh, some of them got into constant fights. Right. You know, the, the Roanoke, the, the Roanoke County is like. I love that story. I went down to Outer Banks. I didn't realize that Roanoke was so close. And I, I went and scouted, and they have a park like where it all was supposed, supposedly happened. And I was looking for the, I was trying to find the tree, the, the tree where it says uh, uh, somebody inscribed something in there. That's all what uh, the captain came back and found after because he was gone for like three years. He came back on the calendar, he was gone. Gone. Witch uh, trials. Uh, a lot of very testy. Ameri- you know, it's it's a very testy time. Right, but uh, pretty co- cool, like an exciting in an uncertain sense.
1: Right, it, like you said, it was like going to the moon. It was nothing. You had no idea what you were getting into. Yeah, and and to <laughs> it wasn't like the journey across was fun. No, it was, it was a horrific. long,
0: miserable ride. Yeah. People were eating uh worm like worm and beetle infested biscuits and mm-hmm. stuff. I, that's something I, I remember learning. Uh, it was treacherous but when we got there. You were excited, and then but. You had to start from scratch. You had to start building these places, cultivating the land. Uh, You know, you got to figure out what what you're around. You got to survey the land. So, uh, yeah, crazy, crazy, insane times, crazy, insane times. But, yeah, Colonial America, American Revolution, of course, we already covered that a bunch. Uh, That is my number one, and that is the end of this road trip.
1: That was a lot of fun. It's weird that uh, we picked a topic of, of favorite history times, and it took forever to talk about. It's weird. <laughs> it's almost as if there's been hundreds and thousands of years
0: <laughs> to talk about. It's crazy. No, I, I feel fulfilled. Usually, like, my, my favorite, like, podcast time is, like, an hour and 15. Mm-hmm. But when it's good, like, we just spit out. Not to pat ourselves in the back or anything, but this was good. I felt good. I felt good. I love talking history. I don't know if I know enough to do uh, – I might – I can't add another podcast on my schedule. I just can't. But I love to talk history any chance I can get, and I'm glad I finally got to do it. And you were the perfect guest for it. I
1: I think uh, maybe the next one that we do will be uh, just maybe historical figures. I do historical figures.
0: Yeah. 100%. 100%. I would love that because that's something we uh, definitely got to talk about. And I'll
1: challenge you to pick someone besides Napoleon for one. It's a tough Uh, challenge, I know.
0: That might be tough. That might be (laughs) tough. But I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. He
1: wasn't as short as people make him out to be. (laughs) He he was
0: average for his time period. Yes. Average for his time period. Uh, But all right, everybody. Thank you so much. That wraps it up. Brian, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Matt. Uh, You want to plug your stuff? Plug your upcoming shows?
1: Yeah. Um, We're going to be recording our first Crafting and Drafting coming up this weekend. Looking forward to that. And then... um, I already got a couple guests lined up. You're going to be on here. Mm-hmm. You already agreed to that. It's pretty awesome. And uh, I'm not going to leak any topics for that, so you can all go to the page and just stay tuned for that. And then uh, Processing the Process, we have Maybe a, a, second, we, we have time, a yeah. second episode that uh, will be coming out before yeah. this drops, and then probably have the third, and if not the fourth, in the works, too. I don't know. It's kind of early in the process of of doing all this with Ryan. So we'll, we'll figure out our times, and we'll get them knocked in. So make sure you go check them out.
0: Um, yeah, that, that does it next week. Next week. I'm really excited. My good friend Nico Toliano from The Wooden Spoon, and uh, the Success Agency is coming on. We're going to talk about our top 10 Italian dishes slash foods. So uh, really excited to do a food topic. It's going to be a good time, good time. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. And before we go, do you even list...
1: Hey, Anthony. Yeah, Chris. Should we tell the people about our new show? Our new show? Yes. Not Back Issues. Not Harley Awesome. No. This is Chris and Anthony just can't stop. Hey, man. We just can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Never gonna stop. That's right. We're back. BICBP-radio.com. They should go listen to it right now.
0: They really should. Where can they listen to it? BICBP-radio.com. BICBP-radio.com Chris and Anthony just can't stop. Stop, stop till they drop? That's right. That's the kind of freestyles you're going to get from Anthony on Chris and Anthony just can't stop. At
1: BICBP-radio.com Chris and Anthony just can't stop. BICBP-radio.com Chris and Anthony just can't stop. Chris, I think we should stop with the commercial.